Hi, everyone. It's Amy Newmark, and I'm off for the 4th of July week, but I've chosen three classic episodes for you that I think are perfect for this week when we're remembering exactly why we love our country. I'll see you next week with new episodes. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your daily dose of Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration. It's Friend Friday, and that means we get to talk to someone very special from the Chicken Soup for the Soul family. Today, it's Dean Carnassus, who co-authored Chicken Soup for the Soul Runners with me and also has a story in our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Spirit of America. Now, if you haven't heard of Dean, you're really missing out. Dean was called one of the fittest men on the planet by Men's Health Magazine. He is a running legend. He has run 350 miles without rest. He's probably the first person to eat an entire pizza while running. And by the way, he ordered the pizza while running, received delivery of the pizza while running, and then ate the pizza while running. He ran a marathon that ended at the South Pole. He ran across Death Valley in 120-degree heat, and you have to look at some of the videos of Dean. You'll see him confounding doctors, running on a treadmill where the doctors watch his lactic acid go down instead of going up. He's done all kinds of crazy things that don't even seem possible for a human being, and we'll talk more about that later. But most importantly, Dean is a husband, a father, a son, He's a big family man, and he's incredibly nice. So welcome, Dean, to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for the very gracious introduction. Uh, you know, the one thing you forgot is also that I'm a big uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul fan. So I'm honored to be on, the, on your podcast, Amy. Oh, well, thanks. I hope that you read the books while you run. <laughs> I do. I listen. I listen to them. You can listen to the audio book of the book we made together, the Chicken Soup for the Soul Runner's Book, because that is available as an audio book, and it does very well. So here's the thing I left out of your bio, but when I talk to people about you, this is the thing I actually tell them. I say, this crazy man ran 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 consecutive days, and that's the subject of the story that you and your son Nicholas wrote for our Spirit of America book. So would you mind telling our audience how that crazy thing came about? Crazy, I think, is a good word for it. Crazy, but uh, wonderful as well. Um, you know, I'd, uh, as you know, I, I speak at a lot of different um, running events. And after one talk I gave um, about, it was a marathon, a, a guy came up to me and said, you know, I've run um, 50 marathons in all 50 of the U.S. states, and there's a club of us. And it just was amazing to me. I thought, you've seen the entire United States, every single state, and you've literally run through those states. And he said, yes, I have. And I said, well, how long did it take you to to accomplish this goal? And he said, it took me seven years. And I thought, oh, I don't have seven years of my life to to dedicate to this. I've got two young kids, and they've got a summer break that's about 50 days long. So I have to compress things. And I really wanted to take my family along. I, um, I thought it just would make the trip so much more meaningful if they joined me. So my mother's a uh, retired uh, middle school teacher, 
And she really, uh, what they call road schooled the kids. So the schools, um, when my kids were traveling with me, they would, uh, they'd email my mother the lesson plan for the week on Sunday nights. And as we were traveling around the, the country, she'd administer the lesson plans and the kids would get to meet, you know, kids from across the, the country in all 50 states, you know, sample the foods. And as the story uh, is told in the, in the upcoming book, um, also run with me. In fact, my son Nicholas decided on his ninth birthday, which just so happened uh, coincided with uh, the uh, Green Bay, uh, Wisconsin marathon, he decided he was going to run the last nine miles of the marathon to celebrate his ninth birthday with me. And that was a memory I'll never forget. That's very cool. I know one of the stories that you gave us for the runner's book was about running with one of your children, which is why I say you're such a family man, because that's what you really wanted to write about in the Chicken Soup for the Soul runner's book. Well, I, you know, I love uh, my kids and they're, you know, my number one priority. Um, and, you know, as well, I love that they're active and, you know, being a big runner myself is, is kind of a precarious position as a father because you don't want to push it on, on your kids. I kind of fear the backlash, but they, they see my, uh, my passion for what I do and they've naturally um, become passionate runners themselves. And, you know, if they decide to pursue running, that's great. If not, um, that's fine as well. I just want them to do what they love. So when you ran through all 50 states in those 50 days, you must have come away with a really intense American experience. I mean, what was it like? We're such a large country with so much variety in our geography and our people. So what were some of the takeaways from doing that? Well, you know, you'd think that perhaps the the days would just kind of melt together and you'd kind of just kind of be a blur. And just the opposite is true. I literally remember even to this day, and it's it's been almost 10 years since um, since I did that. I remember every single marathon. I remember the people I talked with. I remember the places we stayed, the restaurants we ate at with crystal clarity which is really remarkable, isn't it? But I mean, it's just imprinted on my mind um, as though it was yesterday. And the thing I really found profound was that in 50 days, there's no dilution between each state. You know, if you visit one state and five years later, you come back to another state, you might have kind of forgotten about the, the first state and not really noticed the contrast as sharply as if you're there the very next day. So the thing that really um, struck me was one, uh, how varied our climate is. I mean, as you know, being on the East Coast, uh, the humidity is different. Um, the foliage is different. You know, the bugs are different uh, versus the West Coast um, versus, you know, the, the, the Southwest, which is very um, arid like a desert. So just the incredible um, geographic diversity was one thing um, and climactic uh, diversity was another thing. And the other striking difference between the states is, um, you know, the, the regional accents and food choices. And we, you know, we hear about these things, but until you get out there and really sample it, it it's amazing how different certain areas are across our country. I, I travel across the world and you notice these sort of regional differences when you go to different countries, but usually, you know, even within um, areas of Europe, it's, it's, it's almost more a little bit, it's almost more homogenous than, than the U.S. when it comes to our differences. You know, and how it is that you're able to cross a border from Texas, you know, to, to, uh, to Mississippi or Oklahoma, and all of a sudden people speak differently. It's, it's just remarkable because, it's, you know, a border is what? I mean, it's just kind of a, an arbitrary line. That is interesting that you see the, it's like flash cutting to a new culture, just crossing the border, even though it's a matter of miles. 
And, you know, when you get to New York City, there's a separate universe onto itself, as you know. <laughs> that's, where we're, that's where we are right now. We're, we're talking to you from the great New York City, right in the heart of the city, 50th between Broadway and 7th Avenue. I know it well. In fact, I, you know, I run the uh, New York City Marathon every year, and, you know, the finish line is not far from that, that spot. Yeah. So, you know what I think will be fun to tell our listeners is how you and I met, because... I was putting together the book for runners, but I didn't have an expert yet. I didn't have somebody to join me on the book cover and to help me get the right stories for the book. And my son, who was a triathlete, said to me, Mom, you have to get this guy, Dean Carnassus. He would be really fabulous. I said, well, I've never heard of him because I don't think I've run 26 miles in my life. I'm a walker. So... I opened up my computer right after I spoke to my son, and I was looking at the stories that were submitted for our runner's book. And there, in all capital letters, it said, Dean Carnassus, and I just couldn't believe it. I had just talked to my son, and he said, you have to get this guy. And I said, well, I'll never get this guy. And then there you were. You were there. And it was amazing. <laughs> I think that was the story that you submitted about running with one of your children. And so I remember I wrote to you and I said, your story is in and how would you like to go on the cover of the book with me? And that's how this whole <laughs> great relationship started. And boy, did you get us some great stories for that book. But I think what struck me the most about that book was the stories from people who had never run and who started out like trying to walk a 5K and then trying to run a few steps and then walk and alternate running and walking. And it transformed their lives when they became fit. Do you remember those stories? It was awesome. Oh, the stories never go away. And um, to me, that's the greatest reward ever. I mean, uh, you know, no, no amount of money can ever, um, you know, it can never, never have the same impact as someone saying to you, you know, you changed my life. I read your story. And that day I bought some running shoes and I started walking first. And, you know, now I'm going to run my first 10K. I mean, to me, that's invaluable, and I hear that so much from that book, uh, the impact they had on people. And I think it's, it's approachable. I, I, you know, the, the stories are motivational, they're inspirational, and it, it humanizes running because it can be intimidating for people that are just getting going. And to hear the stories about how other people struggled and, and some of their trials and tribulations, I think it, it, it makes it relatable and it makes it approachable. And, and that has really had a, a profound impact on a lot of people's lives, and that makes me so proud. I'm sure it makes you proud as well, Amy. It does. It definitely does. And I'm, I just remembered the story that you wrote for one of our other books about how you started running. Remember on that birthday? Can you tell everybody I, that story? Because I that do. was pretty amazing. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, let, let me digress back to my childhood, because I used to love to run when I was a child. My, you know, some of my earliest memories are running home from kindergarten. Uh, but when I got into high school, I stopped running altogether. And then I, you know, went through college and then graduate school and then business school. And I had this, you know, this cush corporate job in San Francisco and I was miserable. <laughs> you know, I thought if I, if I kind of followed this prescribed um, route to success, you know, I'd, I'd find happiness. And I was so, uh, I was so content. I was miserable and I didn't know what to do. And on the night of my 30th birthday, I was in a in a bar doing what you do on your 30th birthday. I was drinking with my buddies, and at 11 o'clock at night, I had this epiphany. I, I thought, you know, I've got to leave. I, I'm, I've got to go, and I've got to run. So 
So I announced them, hey, guys, I'm leaving. And they said, you know, what do you mean? Let's have another round of tequila. It's only 11 o'clock at night. I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go run 30 miles right now to celebrate my 30th birthday. And they laughed at me. They said, you know, you're not a runner. You're drunk. And I was. Um, but I just remember the passion that running used to bring to me as a child. So I literally walked out of that bar on my 30th birthday, uh, you know, three sheets to the wind, and ran 30 miles that night to celebrate. That's incredible. That really is. So what's going on in your life now? What what new crazy things are you doing? <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> I've, I've always got something, don't I? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm planning to do exactly what I did in the U.S. with the 50 states and 50 marathons in 50 days, but to do this globally. So to run a marathon in every single country of the world in a one-year time frame. So there are 204 recognized UN countries, and I want to run a marathon in each and every one of them um, in the span of, of a single year. And so I'm working with the, uh, the uh, U.S. State Department to get passports and permits into all of these countries so that I can do this. And I'm hoping to launch in 2017, next year. Wow. Do you have a corporate sponsor yet who you can mention to us? Um, I'm talking to a couple different companies, but um, uh, actually Colgate is a company that um, I'm uh, most tied into right now. And they, they have an initiative about um, water and clean water and have, you know, providing clean water and access to water uh, to the globe. And that's a very important initiative for them. And that's something that I believe in as well. So they might be the one. And, of course, you know, the North Face will play a role. And, um, and Fitbit, which is a, a new sponsor of mine that I'm, I'm working with very closely as well. That is great. I can't wait to see you do that. And I know you'll pull it off. Pick a country and come join me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that is really cool. Well, listen, Dean, thank you for joining us today. You are always so inspirational, so much fun. Uh, I remember having my photo taken with you a few years ago, and I felt like a scrawny little nothing. You're so muscular, it's really incredible how, how fit right, you, you are. You run a couple thousand miles a year, and look what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, Dean Carnassus, for being on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to us today. And the next time we get together, I'm going to tell you a couple more stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul, the spirit of America, the one that Dean is in. And these stories are going to be about the good old red, white, and blue just in time for Flag Day. And if you want to learn more about the book that Dean and I co-authored a few years ago, Chicken Soup for the Soul Runners, which is available in print as an ebook and as an audiobook, you can go to our website, chickensoup.com. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.